Let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26 is where we're going to be at uh, tonight. Church, we thank you for your liberality, your giving. Uh, much appreciated. There's so much more work um, that we need to do as a congregation. Um, and I want to encourage you to continue to give. You will never outgive God. Amen? Uh, there's plenty of testimonies um, throughout our fellowship, throughout Christianity, even in our church, of people who will continue to give and God will continue to give to them. So I want to encourage you, take that as a challenge. Genesis 26, a marathon, which is something that's foreign to many of us, is a long-distance running race, strictly one of 26 miles. Every once in a while, you'll see cars that have stickers in the back, and it's a circle, and it'll say 26 miles. The thought behind there is that the person who owns the car ran 26 miles. The other day, I saw one that had a sticker, and it said zero. <laughs> Marathons are very popular in America, but the history behind the name, not as much. The name Marathon comes from the legend of a Greek messenger that I am not going to try to pronounce. It starts off with a P-H. Um, it's P-H-E-I-D-I-P-P-I-D-E-S. <laughs> That's the name of the Greek messenger. The legend states that he was sent from the battlefield. He's a soldier. Um, a battlefield of Marathon, Greece. It's an actual city. Uh, Marathon to Athens to announce that the Persians had been defeated in the Battle of Marathon in which he had just fought, which took place in August or September 490 B.C. It is said that he ran the entire distance without stopping and burst into the assembly exclaiming, We have won! Before collapsing and dying. Legend says he ran himself to death. Every year, there are people who die running in marathons. They're prepared for it. They'll do what they need to do. Then they'll go for the 26 miles to push themselves many times. There are underlying conditions. But for the most part, most, uh, most doctors in many cases say it was just too much stress on the heart. They ran they, themselves to death. More of the story here tonight. Don't run yourself to death. There are people here tonight, your tendency is to run away from problems. Is to run away when things get hard. Is when things get difficult, when things get cloudy, the tendency is to run. And I'm here to tell you, don't run. You're going to run yourself to death. Settle and be blessed by God. Genesis 26, we're going to read the story of a man who started off running, but God caught his attention. Verse 1 says, Now there was a famine in the land, besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Verse 3, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and to your offsprings I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. 
Verse 4, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your offspring all these, uh, all these lands. And in your offspring, all, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6, so Isaac settled. Interesting. He listened. He settled in Gerar. Now go to verse 11. So Abimelech warned all the people, saying, Whoever touches this man, referring to Isaac, whoever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And Isaac sold in that land. Verse 12, you need to underline this, and this needs to be a prayer. And Isaac sold in that land and reaped in this same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed them. That's, that's supernatural. He sold in, in that same year exponentially, a hundredfold, times a hundred. The Lord blessed them. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. I want to preach a sermon that I've entitled, Stop Running. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment that you've given us. God, I pray that by the Holy Ghost, you will anoint some people here tonight, God. Father, you will anoint me as I come and preach this word. God, I pray that, uh, that you will touch your people, God. I hide behind your cross. I don't come in my charisma, God. Father, my whole dependence is on you. I pray today that you will help some people, God, to just settle and trust you, God, and know that they can be blessed by you, Father. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And the people of God said tonight, Amen. I want to start off with my first thought, and that is this cycle of a reactive life. In our text, we see that the setting is that of a famine. It's hard for us as Americans at this time to understand what a famine represented. It's hard because of our culture, because of our economic status, when we might be broke, and when we say, hey, I'm broke, there is always at times money for a McDouble. There's always some way, somehow, that you can get some type of food, some type of water, some type of resource. That wasn't the case at that time. A famine looked different in Bible days. One, a lot of the land that the Israelites um, lived on was desert land. It was hot. No food. No quick water access. You couldn't go to Sellers Brothers and buy a 24-pack of water bottles. It, it just didn't work that way. You had to find a water well. No quick AC breaks. You couldn't, you know, homeless people now, they, they can go into a McDonald's and get a quick break from the heat. And just for a moment, that wasn't the case for people during famines. The context of our text was that Isaac was living in a place called Berlahoi, I believe is how you pronounce it. After Abraham's death, his father, he returned to this place. It was there where his father Abraham received God's promise, Genesis 25, 11. It says, after the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son, and Isaac settled at that place. I refuse to call it beer. <laughs> so I'm going to say bear le, le, le hoy, right? 
It was in the same place. Think about this for a moment. It was in the same place where God provided for Abraham's family that Isaac experienced a famine. Here it is, Isaac as a child must have lived and walked in the blessing of the Lord because Abraham was blessed. Abraham was a wealthy man. He was rich. God had blessed them exponentially. The Bible says that God caused them to be, uh, to be prospered. This is who God is. And Isaac, no doubt, experienced this. But in that very place is where he also experienced famine. This happens in our walk with God. The same places we find salvation, blessing, deliverance is many times where we find the drama, the strife, and conflicts. Can somebody say church? See, churches have problems. <laughs> one friend tonight. I just need one person. I'll preach to that one person. Whoever says amen. Churches have problems. This is normal. That is the same place. How many of you guys, you got saved in this church? You were blessed. You were married in this church. And you can go on. But it's very, it's in this very same place where there was some drama a few weeks ago maybe. Or there was some conflict. Or there was something that happened because it, it is just the nature of life. Once you gather people and people's human nature and their tendencies, the way they think, they begin to bring different dynamics to what we call church, the group of people who love Jesus. There is also famine that can be there. See, famine was more than just a lack of rain. But for a nation who depended on, depended on God, it was a divine intervention. See, the Israelites at times, or to a fault, had a false premise in their mind that anything that was difficult was a curse. Their minds many times, because they don't have the technology that we have, if it didn't rain, God must be mad. See, we have that same tendency at times. We think at many times that when life is hard, then maybe we just lack the favor of God. That somewhere, you know what, maybe God just doesn't like me or he's forgotten about me. And that's very far from the truth. We see Isaac do what many people do, and that is react to the famine based on what they see and feel. This is human nature. We want to run away from anything that makes life harder. We want the easy way. We want to go away from pain. We want to stay away from anything that makes life just harder. Think about Israel and their, in their mindset since the day they were delivered from Egypt, since the day of slavery, it was always an urge to go back to Egypt. Anytime there was difficulty, there was problems with headship and Moses or there was a famine or they're in the wilderness, whatever the case was, they said, let's go back to Egypt. It was always an urge. And don't get me wrong, there is a place in life to make things happen. But if not careful, we can have a reactive lifestyle. No doubt our Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. But my question to you tonight is, could our work be exponentially blessed? If you don't work, you don't eat. I get that. But 
Isn't the blessing of God to reap where you don't work? Is that the blessing of God? It's a scripture, right? God, Jesus says it, that you will reap where you did not sow. That's an incredible dynamic. That somewhere you will gain where you didn't labor. That's blessing. And here is where many Christians fall a trap to a reactive lifestyle. They become what I can call spiritually nomadic. A person who can never settle, never dwell where God wants them to be, in and out of the will of God, unstable situations begin to move them. Somewhere the famine begins, so they go on to the next thing, and the famine starts there, and they go on to the next thing, and it just keeps on going and just keeps on going. It's a pattern. What life brings to them is what moves them. And this creates a vulnerability that Satan, believe me, will take advantage of. See, Satan will take advantage and make you unstable in all your ways. Make you incredulous towards the work of God, towards the favor of God. Cynical towards God and God's people. Begin to think it's just, it's just for them. It's not for me. It's just, it's just the way I was born this way or I'm cursed or I'm just from this side of town and this is just who I am and the blessing will go for the, for them and it's not for me. Verse one tells us something interesting. It says, there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the day of Abraham. Famines come. And famines will go. I mean, if you guys know, life is full of seasons. And some people don't even get to see the victory because they don't let the famine end. They just move on to the next thing. Just possibly this one probably hit different. Isaac, no doubt, has seen different famines, but this one was different for him. And that's life. We go through problems. How many of you guys, you came with problems? <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. That's life. You, you have problems. And some problems are worse than others. A problem in your finances is different than I can't find my keys. All right? I mean, it's just problems come. They vary in different shapes, different sizes, different degrees of difficulty, different degrees of, of, of um, uh, um, just uh, different experiences. And somewhere, maybe this one, just maybe, this one hit different for him. We go on in our text. In verse 3, or in verse 2, And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt, dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. God's promise, listen to me tonight. God's promise was a way of causing Isaac to settle and trust God. Maybe you guys know that's the power of God's word. Maybe you guys, you, you were about to jump off a cliff and then you read the word of God or somebody encouraged you with a scripture and it settled you. You're like, oh man, thank you. I needed that. 
That was a word. We say it all the time. That was a word due season. Here it is. This man, he's running for him for his life. He's going somewhere in his mind. No doubt God reveals it. He tells him, don't go, don't go down to Egypt, which just helps us assume that somewhere in his mind, he's probably thinking, I'm going to go to a place like Egypt where it's not going through the problems that I'm going through. And God says, don't go there. He says, stop here. I will bless you here. See, God teaches us through our Bible that we should walk by faith and not by sight. But if not careful, you will do the opposite. See, it is my belief that Isaac was not just running away from heat and lack of rain, but from the difficulty of trusting God. And I wonder here tonight if there's people here, you have trouble trusting God. And that's why it creates this marathon in your life. From one situation to another situation, and you're always running. You're the Forrest Gump of the kingdom of God. <laughs> you're, you're running, and you're running. And you, and you get to a place where you're blessed, and you're settled here, then the famine begins, and then you keep on going this way. And you just go and go and go, and eventually, believe me, beloved brother, sister here tonight, you will run yourself to death. God tells them, stop, don't go anymore. Don't go to Egypt. I will bless you here. We see that Israel at times will fall into this cycle. Very same, and God will have to remind them. You know, during the Babylonian exile, Israel wanted to run away to Egypt. Jeremiah 42, verses 10, or verse 10 here it is, the, the, the Israelites are trying to run, and he says, if you will remain in this land, then I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up, for I relent of the disaster that I did to you. Then you jump to verses 15 and 16. It says, then hear the word of the Lord, O remnant of uh, uh, Judah. Thus says the Lord um, of hosts, the God of Israel, if you set your faces to enter Egypt and go live there, then the sword that you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. And the famine of which you are afraid shall follow close after you to Egypt. And there you shall die. What a powerful statement. He says the very thing that you're running away from will catch up to you. He said, you're, you're running away and in your mind you're thinking, if I can only get to Egypt, if I can only have more money, if I can only maybe fix some way a different thing and somewhere here it is, God says, if you go there, if you disobey me and you go down to Egypt, the very thing you're afraid of, that will catch up to you. We can't run away from all our problems. We can't continue to run away from famines. We can't live in fear and be reactive to what life brings. A Christian is an overcomer. A person who follows Jesus Christ, the Bible says he shall overcome by the blood and the word of his testimony. That's the book of Revelation, right? If he is for us, then who can be against us? Philippians 4.13, does anybody know that one? It's usually tattooed on people all the time, right? What, is, what does that say, right? 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This, that's a Christian. That's, those are promises. Those are words with the intention of getting you to stop running. Getting you to settle down and say, you know what? I'm going to trust God where I'm at. I want to move on to my second point, and that is God's protection and blessing. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you can even throw in Joseph. You can throw in David. You can throw in all the men in the Bible that were used by God were wealthy men. Isn't that, isn't that kind of crazy? Abraham was rich. Isaac was rich. Jacob was rich. Joseph was rich. David was rich. Solomon. <laughs> I mean, you go, you go down the list. And the Bible many times refers to them by this. God caused them to prosper. Consider Joseph in Egypt. Genesis 39, verses 2 and 3. The Lord was with Joseph. That's a good way to start off your story, right? The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master, think about this. His master saw, say with me, saw. Touch your eyes. Saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. This secular man, if you will, this worldly man has nothing to do with God. His very own eyes saw the blessing of God upon that man's life. Consider David and Saul's army. 1 Samuel 18 verses 14 and 15. And David had success in all his undertakings for the Lord was with them. And when Saul saw that he had great success, say saw. Touch your eyes, please. Just do it. Saw. Saul saw that David was blessed. He said, the Bible says he saw that he had great success and he stood in fearful awe of him. He looked at him and says, I don't know what in the world is up with you. But man, everything you touch succeeds. You touch it and it's blessed. That's our portion. See, when people walk through those doors and come into this church, they should be able to look at you and say, man, they're blessed. Jesus taught. Think about this. Jesus taught that it's difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. But that's because they may depend on their wealth and power. But it's different when a son and a daughter of God is blessed. Because that's when God causes you to prosper. And see, when God causes you to prosper, you know one thing and one thing only. And that is that you don't own anything. <laughs> that what's in your wallet, the strength, the breath that you have for the next second, the next exhale, the next inhale that you have, what's in your bank account, what's going to be in your bank account, all of it belongs to God. Because God's the one that causes you to be prospered or to prosper. In our text, we see that Abimelech protects Isaac and his wife, and God prospered them. Verse 11, so uh, Genesis 26, 11, So Abimelech warned all the people, saying, Whoever touches this man or his wife shall be surely be put to death. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed them, and the man became rich, rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. God caused Abimelech to protect Isaac. That is the blessing of God. Somewhere here it is, this man, he's trying to live for God and all he does is a simple obedience to God because that's all that Christianity really is. 
Isn't that all that Christianity really? We try to complicate things all the time. Listen, Christianity is not complicated, it's costly. It's not complicated. We're not, we're, it's not rocket science. We don't need a whiteboard to try to describe everything. Listen, it is just costly. There's people here tonight. The problem is you don't, it's not that you don't understand the will of God. It's you don't want to do the will of God. You know what you should be doing. You know what the step of obedience is. You know you shouldn't go down to Egypt. God already told you that. But yet you keep on running. We see an immediate, not only protection, but a blessing from God. That very year, times a hundred. Verse 12, and Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed them. This is my prayer, church. I want us to reap now. I want us to reap now. I want the seed that you sow to be times a hundred now, this year. Not, not, not 10 years from now. Now, not someday, yeah, not someday, but now. There was an immediate protection. There was a immediate blessing exponentially. Think about that, times a hundred. What would that look like? Right, Pastor Mitchell was, um, I'm sure he quoted it for somewhere else, but he was known to say, um, everybody knows, everybody can count how many seeds are in an apple, but nobody knows how many apples are in one seed. Exponential. I mean, just, just, it's just God's blessing. Listen, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Romans 8, verses 31 through 32. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Say with me, if. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for his all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So the question is, how do we get God to be for us? If God is for us. Ask yourself that question. Is God for me? You know, it's one good way to secure it is to line up with his will through obedience, which is trust, and devotion, which is intimacy. I'll close my third point, and that is instigating God's blessing. There are blessings that God just gives us out of his character. He's just a good God. I've asked this before, even in offerings. I mean, if you guys, will you raise your hand? You've been blessed by God, and you, you, you didn't even ask for it. God just gave it to you. Raise your hand. That's God. That's God, right? And you should, he's like, man, you, God, I thought that. I didn't even voice that, and you gave that to me. That's who God is. But there are other blessings. They are instigated. The Bible says that after God spoke to Isaac, Isaac settled. This means he obeyed. Settling was a decision to physically be where God wanted him to be. It wasn't this spiritual moment. It wasn't this emotional time. It was just simple. God said, don't go to Egypt. Stay in that city. And he stayed there. 
And that decision needed to remain true and active even in the midst of drama. Between our verses, if you notice, we skipped down. Between our verses, there was a little bit of drama because that's what happens in life. There's always a little bit of drama. And here it is, this man, Isaac, does the same thing his father Abraham did, which was when he got to the place of Abimelech, where Abimelech was, when he, get to, when he got to Gerar, he, for some reason, realized his wife is very beautiful at that moment. <laughs> and, when, and when he's there, he's like, listen, listen, girl, you're, you're beautiful. And when they see you in there, they're going to kill me and they're going to take you. So say you're my sister. <laughs> That's... That's, that's what he said, that's what Abraham did, and that's, and that's what they did. There's always some drama, you know, I mean, and, and I'm not here to debate, you know, if was it right, was it wrong. All we know is that it happened. But even in the midst of the drama, he remained there in Gerar. Man, that's a beautiful picture of what a Christian does. Even in the midst of issues, you remain faithful. And you stay where God told you to stay. See, just a side note. It's not uncommon to see children repeat what their parents did. So we must do right in front of our children. We must give them an example of obedience to God. So that that can be repeated in them. So we see Isaac obey God. And we see that the next move in his life is orchestrated by God himself. You can go on to read the text. He goes on. He's blessed by God. He eventually moves out of Gerar. God blesses him, gives him land like he said he was because God is not a man to lie. He, what he promises is going to come through. But it began by him saying, I am going to obey you. Many of you guys, you want the blessing of God. Raise your hand. You want the blessing of God. Listen, I've said this before. It's one thing to live in the mercy of God. And the mercy of God is, God, I'm glad you didn't kill me this morning. (laughs) We live in the mercy of God, right? But in the blessing of God is different. When you're walking blessed, people see it. You can tell when somebody's blessed. You can tell by the way they're, they're, you can tell by their body language, right? You can tell by the way their, their, their posture, they, they walk a little better, they, they smile a little more, they, 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 they encourage other people. They, you can just tell when somebody's blessed. Solomon echoes this truth in Proverbs when he makes this statement. Proverbs 18, 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. Think about that. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. In other words, he says, when he stands in front of the great, he instigated that. He started it. He's in front, the person who gave the gift, whoever is in front of the great, he started that. And there are times in life where the blessing of God is going to have to start by you. You instigating it. You saying, God, I am going to be blessed because you're a good God, right? You guys remember the story, Joseph, here it is, he's, he's wrestling, not Joseph, Jacob. Jacob is wrestling with the angel of God, and they're going back and forth. And I can just picture this in my mind because I'm a 90s kid, and, and we watch WWF, 
That's what we watch. And they're going back and forth. They're going off the ropes. There's a headlock. There's a, there's a stone cold stunner. I mean, the whole people's elbow. It's going back and forth, right? They're going back and forth. And then eventually Jacob holds on to him. And somewhere the angel says, let go. And Jacob says the powerful statement, I will not let you go until you bless me. What a powerful statement. He said, listen, I don't care what you do to me. You can body slam me. You can choke slam me. You can do whatever you want. Touch my hip. Dislocate it. I don't care. I will not let you go until I leave this place blessed. Say with me, blessed. And for the teenagers, hashtag blessed. (laughs) Blessed. I will leave this place blessed. Different. He left blessed. He left with a new name. The name was Israel going forward. Settling isn't just I'll sit here and complain about my situation. But I'm pressing on in obedience and devotion. Listen, my word to you tonight is stop running. Turn to your neighbor, tell him stop running. Settle in the land which God told you to settle. See, settling is something that you can visually see in a person's life. Right? You can see it in a person. When somebody's single, it's different than when somebody's settled. Right? person made a decision, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have a family. I'm actually going to be faithful to work. I'm not going to be late. You know, you have all this. different when a person is settled. When a person isn't settled, they're doing all kinds of stupid stuff. They're jumping off cliffs, riding their bikes, and jumping off things. They're on YouTube all the time. You know, like it's just, that's the, you're not settled. You don't care. There's no worries in life. You're going to skydive. You're going to scuba dive. You're going to, you're going to do, you're going to go on a submarine. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, you're going to do all these things. But when somebody's settled, there's, they're thinking. They're just like, you know, I got, I got a future. You can see it. It's, it's this unwavering place, this unmovable place. Throw anything at me. I'm not going anywhere. I am settled. And there's people here tonight, God is telling you, settle down. Trust me. Trust me. Know that I am God. Call me Jehovah Jireh. Know that I can provide for you. Know that I can bless you in the midst of famine. Know that I can bless you without you having to run away. You know, in the church, obviously we're not everybody is close to everybody, and that's not how it should be all the time. But when you've got close friends, you can tell when somebody's settled. Because a close friend will tell you, you know what, I am going through a tough time. I'm struggling. Matter of fact, I probably don't, you could probably say, I don't want to be here. But I'm here. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm trusting God. I want to leave you with this. To be blessed is a choice you have to make. If you want to be blessed then be blessed. Work hard. Don't be lazy. Go and make some money. Instigate God's blessing. Tithe. Give. Obey God. 
settling means I am going to be here where God has called me to be. This is my place of obedience. I'm going nowhere. God, listen to me when I say this. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. Fathers here, how many of you guys want to bless your children? You want to bless your children? You want to buy them anything they ask for? Listen, the Father in heaven, how much more, the Bible says, your heavenly Father. He wants to bless you. It was God that caused the blessing. I want, at the end of the day, when my story is read, I want to be able to hear God caused him to prosper. Do you believe that here tonight? Do you believe that God wants to bless you? That your portion isn't living paycheck to paycheck? That your portion isn't being anxious and stressed every month? That you can be blessed today. You can be protected by God and blessed and wealthy because God can do that for you. Do you believe that? Will you believe that? Through obedience and submission. See, your actions will show if you settle in your heart that God is your provider. You can say it all day long, but it's your actions that's going to say. Eventually, another famine will come. How would you react to that? Obedience. Listen, there's always opportunities to obey again. Repent. How many of you guys know repentance fixes everything? So you repent, and then there's another opportunity to obey. Will you obey? I mean, do your actions show that you're settled? Do you tithe? Do you give? Are you faithful to church? Do you pray? Do you read your Bible? Are you committed to community? Are you committed to your brothers and sisters tonight? Are you devoted to God's word? When's the last time you actually prayed? You had a conversation with God. It wasn't just a rambling of a grocery list or a complaining of your husband and your wife. When's the last time you had a conversation with God? My challenge to you tonight is choose today. I will settle and be blessed. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm not going to jump from church to church. From situation to situation, I am going to settle and be blessed. Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed? Every head bowed, every eye closed. And respect to God and respect to your neighbor. Listen, for 18 years I ran away from God. I was 18 years old when I got saved. And one of my prayers every day is, God, thank you for saving me at a young age. Although I had experienced some things already, no doubt, God saved me from many other things. But maybe that's not your story here tonight. Maybe tonight you're here and you're not right with God. If you're to die right now, stand in front of God. Heaven will not be your home. There's a disconnect there. There's maybe somewhere you're struggling with depression, anxiety, stress. Our sermon was about running. Maybe tonight that's your story. You're just a runner. 
You're just a runner. You run away from things. I see that hand. God wants to bless you. God wants to help you. He's telling you, you don't have to run anymore. Come to me, all who are weary, are the words of Jesus. All who are tired, they're weary, they're broken hearted. He says, come to me. He says, pick up my yoke, which is easy and light. Stop running and come to God. That's you tonight. You're saying, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going to run anymore. God, here I am. That's you. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Maybe you're backslidden, a person who used to be right with God, but today you're far from him. And you're saying, you know what, I want to come back to Christ. I want to reconcile my relationship with Jesus. Quickly, that's you. Would you raise your hand? I see that hand, an honest heart. Anybody else? God's dealing with you. Don't ignore the Spirit of God. We're not going to embarrass you. We won't put you on a mic. It's a simple declaration. God, I am here. Help me. I'm done running. Not saved or backslidden. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Praise God. Those people that raise their hands, would you look up at me? Did you mean that? Did you mean that? I believe, I believe you did. Why don't you come? We need two altar workers here today. Two altar workers. I want to change the order of the service. I want to speak to Christians here tonight. Christian, listen, very simple. Stop running. Stop running. Don't let the, don't let the events of life begin to cause you to do other things. Don't, don't, let, don't be an unwavering Christian, a settled Christian, stable, saying, God, anything could be thrown at me. I don't care what in the world happens to me. I will be in the house of God, in your will. If I'm broken, if I'm, I don't, I don't care. I am here, and I'm not going anywhere. Stop running. Settle and be blessed. Settle and be blessed. Say, God, I'm here. Bless me. God, I will obey you. Maybe there's people here. Listen, God's dealing with you. There's areas of disobedience. Maybe it's his tithes. Maybe it's offerings. Maybe it's a cynical uh, mindset towards the things of God. You haven't trusted God. You run away from things. You disconnect. Maybe it's not completely run away from the things of God. But you do isolate yourself from the people of God. Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. You begin to push away God. You begin to push away the will of God and the plan of God that comes through the people of God and you miss out. It's not about personality. It's just understanding I need to be where God wants me to be. Let's all stand up to our feet tonight. And I want to encourage you, listen, let's come to this altar. Let's come do some business with God. Some of us, we need to come and just talk to God. God, listen, I haven't talked to you in a minute. Help me. I need help. I've been running away for months. I've been running away. Maybe it's weeks. Maybe it's something recent. But God, I need you to help me. I choose to settle and be blessed. I choose to settle and be blessed. God, I'm going to let your will be my will. I'm going to let your ways be my ways. I choose to settle. Let's sing this song out. Let's get a hold of God, church.